With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. We make way for Brian Costello, Jets beat reporter for the New York Post. Brian, thanks for joining us. Let me start with our poll question. Which fan base should feel better today, the Packers or the Jets? I think the Jets fan base should feel better because they, they, you know, you know, even uh, I, I laugh. People talk about a down year for Aaron Rodgers. He threw twenty six <laughs> touchdowns. You know, I mean, Jets quarterbacks have thrown twenty six touchdowns about three, right? Ryan Fitzpatrick, Joe Namath, and Mark Sanchez had a year of twenty six. That's it. So Jordan Love is an unknown to me. I feel like you know the Jet Jets fans should feel a little bit better this morning. What kind of team is he joining? A young team, uh, but a team with a lot of promise. Uh, the defense, number four in the NFL last year. They have Sauce Gardner, Quinn and Williams, two good young players. They don't have many holes on defense. Uh, Garrett Wilson, Offensive Rookie of the Year. They signed Alan Lazard. Brees Hall's coming back from an ACL. We'll see where he is. The question really to me, Dan, is the offensive line, and they have work to do there. There's going to be some work, I think, Thursday night on the offensive line in the first round of the draft. But, it, it, you know, they went they went 7-10 last year with really poor play at quarterback. So their feeling is if they can get that quarterback position fixed, they're a playoff team. What do you think they're going to do with that first-round draft pick? It's interesting because, you know, the pick swap, they move back two picks. But now, you know, the Patriots are ahead of them. They might take offensive line. The Bears, Eagles, they could take offensive line. So I do think the Jets want to take a tackle. Uh, They may be staring at the fourth best tackle now and, and see if they do that. Do they want to trade back and recoup some picks? Uh, right now, they have five draft picks. To, you know, does Joe Douglas want to move back a little bit, pivot to something else? But I really think that tackle, you know, is a glaring need on this team, and you, you have to be as good as Aaron Rodgers is. You have to protect them. I know that Brian Gutekunst, the Packers GM, wanted to get this deal done before the draft. I was yeah. told that that it was probably going to get done uh, prior to the start of Friday's second round. Uh, were the Jets? trying to 
you know, push this off to get it to the second round on Friday? No, because, you know, Dan, this is a complicated deal, right? So it's it's actually not official right now yet because Rodgers has to rework his contract with the Packers to help them cap-wise. He has to be on there on their their books on that contract for 24 hours so they basically have to do that today okay. get that contract to the league the league has to then approve it then the trade can become official four o'clock wednesday you kind of roger's gonna have to take a physical i think that'll be wednesday for the jets <laughs> so there's some moving pieces here it's not like just trading picks right so doing this friday would have been hard i think that's what the timing was okay and this way everything is done by the time the draft starts what would be considered a successful season this year Hmm. Well, that's going to be a moving target. I, right now, sitting here, playoffs. They haven't made the playoffs in 12 years. But, you know, if they start 10-1 and one or something like that, you're going to be talking Super Bowl, and, and the expectations are going to rise. But in terms of, like, jobs, losing jobs, as a coach, GM get fired, I think if they make the playoffs, that's that's a major accomplishment. It's been 12 years. Um, but, yeah, I, we saw it last year with the Jets. When they, went, when they were 5-2, and two, the expectations rose from where they were. You know, how a season unfolds changes things. But sitting here right now, making the playoffs has to be the expectation. Gosh, I would feel like as good as this team is with that that uh, defense, AFC title game feels like that would, yeah. be, that would be the expectation I would have as a Jets fan. Is that is that fair? I think it's fair. Yeah, I don't think they're in, you know, I still think they're a little below Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati, right? They've done it. We need to see the Jets do it. Okay. And so, but I, yeah, I think if you're hoping for an AFC title game, I think that's fair. Um, but, you know, this, this we, we have to see how it comes together. Like you said, offensive line, how the injuries go, how's the schedule unfold? You know, all those, there's a lot of variables in, in terms of how far you get in the playoffs. Has uh, Robert Sala talked about Aaron Rodgers or coaching him, or how do, how do you think that uh, relationship's going to go? I think it's going to be good. He they they actually practiced. Dan, the Jets and Packers practiced together. They did joint practices in the summer of twenty one in Green Bay. Robert Sala and Matt Lafleur are best friends. Uh, They're in each other's weddings. They coached together twenty years ago at Central Michigan, so he knows Aaron Rodgers a little bit. Rodgers has said when Sala got the Jets job. He actually spoke to him and congratulated him. And so there's a little bit of a relationship there. Salah has spoken glowingly about Rodgers when they practiced together, when they played before last year, they, they played at Lambeau. Um, you know, I think it'll go well. I, you know, the, the balance, Dan, with these things is always how much control do you give that great veteran quarterback yeah. versus not making it a situation where he's completely elevated above the team. The Buccaneers, I think with Brady, had to feel their way that first season in doing that. And Nathaniel Hackett, who's now the Jets offensive coordinator went through this last year in Denver with Russell Wilson. And by all accounts, it seems like he gave him too much power there. How much easier is your job now that Aaron Rodgers is in town? <laughs> the, the the job is good. My life might not be easier. My, my, my wife's not going to be happy, but yeah. And, and looked in, Covering the Jets, 1 p.m. Sundays have been great for a long time. The guy who writes on deadline, I'm going now. I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's going to be Sunday night games. I'm gonna, I, might, I might be in Dallas on Thanksgiving. It's like all of a sudden that part of it is good. But business business will be very good with our Aaron Rodgers. Who do you think the Jets open up with? I'm, I'm assuming that Sunday night NBC game. Yeah, I would think Buffalo, you know, is probably a, a good candidate. Okay. That would be a very attractive matchup, just these two powers in the AFC East. Um, you know, the, the the AFC West is on the schedule this year. So there's Kansas City that, that you know, that could be uh, Kansas City open on that Thursday night. I haven't studied their schedule of who they'll play. But, yeah, I have a feeling that, you know, the Jets are going to be in prime time in week one. 
and they'll be in prime time a lot this season. Brian, thank you. Good luck. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me. Brian Costello, Jets beat reporter for the New York Post. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. Tom Silverstein, he covers the Packers beat reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. How's morale in Green Bay? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Um, I, you know, I mean, I think people are just glad it's over. I, I think we everybody knew it was going to happen. And I don't think anybody didn't think it was going to happen before the draft. And we were all just sitting here twiddling our thumbs, waiting to see, you know, what the final result was going to be. And finally we got it. And I think the Packers did pretty well getting what they got for a guy that they didn't want anymore. How would, so, how would you yeah, assess? I mean, I asked around the league, I have, you know, some people, personnel people from other teams, and I just kind of surveyed them. And, you know, some said, 
this is about what they predicted it would be. And others said they thought the Packers fleeced the Jets. Oh. I, you know, I'm, I'm probably somewhere in between that. I think the Packers, the big thing is that the Packers got a good pick next year, and it is sort of a, a, a loss for the Jets if, if Rodgers is one and done. Rodgers plays two years, then it's a pretty good deal for them. And I'm guessing if he does play two years, well, plays this year and more than 65 snaps, you're going to get the Jets' first-round pick next year. It gets upgraded from a second to a first. That that would be later in the first round. So it's not going to be, you know, a top 15 pick. Correct. It's not. And, you know, the only way that it, it could be decent is if, you know, history repeats itself, which it seems to have. Uh, at, at every turn, and that's that, you know, Rodgers plays and then hurts his biceps, tears his biceps like Farr did, and and then, you know, he he plays the 65 and then he's done. So I, who knows how it'll play out. Um, but you're you're right. I, don't, I think it's going to be at best a middle-round pick and more than likely a late pick. All right. Jordan Love, come on down front and center here. What do we know about him, given that he's started one game? Not a whole heck of a lot. I mean, I've <laughs> had the chance, as you know, a beat guy, I've had the chance to watch him in practice and training camp mostly uh, from the minute he got there to where he is now. And he has made tremendous progress. I mean, maybe that's more of a reflection on how – bad he was early on. I mean, I, I think that no. is, a, is a relative term, but I think he was just inexperienced and they had to remold him into a pro quarterback after what he had done at Utah State. So I, I think he's got all the tools. It's just, you know, that you need tools and then you got to perform. And that's what we're going to find out. How does this go wrong? Um. If he's a total bust, I mean, if he's a bust, you know, then, you know, they're going to they're going to give him the fifth year option. He's going to make 20 million next year. He's on the roster. So if if he's a bust, they don't have a future. I don't think they're going to draft anybody in the first round. And I don't think anybody in the fourth or fifth round is going to wind up being a savior. So that's that's where it goes. Then they're starting all over from scratch. What do the Packers do with that 13th pick overall Thursday? Yeah, that's a good question. I know everybody wants them to draft a wide receiver, and I'm like, stop it. Stop it. They don't <laughs> take wide receivers in the first round. How about it's a tight just, end? It, yeah, and I I think, I mean, if I were them, I would take an offensive tackle. Their, their left tackle is, um, you know, on his last legs. He's still a good player, but um, – you know, they've got to got to get ready for the future. But on the other hand, I was also thinking, you know, the Patriots and the Jets behind them need offensive tackles. Someone may want to jump up to 13 and hmm. uh, try to get a tackle. So move back, you know, move back and then take a tight end at the end of the round and keep accumulating picks. I, I think that's how you build around Jordan Love. Are you going to miss the drama? Oh, you know what? I was thinking about this, Dan. I'm like, this is probably the last time we're ever going to talk because I'm not <laughs> going to be around when Jordan Love finishes his 
Hall of Fame career. So, Well, if the Packers aren't any good, I'll call you, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) And if they're really good, I'll call you. I I don't know what I did wrong in my life at Favre and Rodgers. You know, to have to cover both. But you survived. You survived both of them. I did. I did. But I guarantee you I will not be around for the end of Jordan Love if he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. At their best, who was better, Favre or Rodgers? Um, I've always, I've always sided with Favre because if there was a guy I wanted in the fourth quarter of any game to win it, he was going to be it. I mean, I, I, hmm. I think I would take him in, in a, a New York minute because of that. And, you know, Rogers is the most efficient, maybe more talented than Favre, but you know, when I want to win a game, I want somebody who's not afraid, you know, who's daring. And that's what I thought Favre was. And I thought he won with less. I mean, a lot of people think Rodgers didn't have the tools, but Favre had less than Rodgers did, much less. I don't know if you needed to say New York Minute there. since, <laughs> But, but, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that Just was probably slip. Yeah, uh, Tom, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Okay, it, it's my pleasure always. Tom Silverstein. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? along with my fellow pro bowler, T.J. Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up on game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up on Game with me, LeVar Arrington, T.J. Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. 
It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. Carson Palmer, former NFL quarterback, won the Heisman at USC, loaned that Heisman to us for uh, quite some time, and then we send it back. Uh, he joins us now. He is uh, part of the plant-based uh, wellness program, the company called Level Select, and uh, we enjoyed talking to him and promoting this for a while. And it's uh, Level Select OTC. That's a new plant-based pain relief brand. And uh, they've been doing this for a long, long time. Did you play against Dion Carson? I did. I actually played against Dion his on his comeback tour when he played for Baltimore uh, with Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and that that defense that they had in Baltimore at the very, very end. I think it was, it was obviously Dion's last year. Um, so I got a chance to play play against him at the end of. I think he was wearing number thirty nine or number forty nine or something really ugly out there. But he <laughs> 30, was still Dion. Thirty seven. Yeah, thirty seven. Thirty seven. That's what it was. How good was that defense? The year, a couple years before that defense was really, really good. I mean, Haloti Nada in the middle was a, a nose guard that was really tough to move, and um, obviously Ray Lewis, Bart Scott, Ed Reed, Chris McAllister. I mean, you go on and on down the list. That was a really, really talented group. All right. Before you came on, I said that you had a surprise pick as your number one quarterback. Let me go around the room with the Danettes, and then we'll get to uh, Carson's pick as his number one quarterback in the NFL. Todd? Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Seton O'Connor. Joe Burrow. All right. Marvin? Justin Herbert. All right. Paulie? It can't be any of those three because those aren't surprises. Trevor Lawrence. All right. Carson, the number one quarterback is who? Connor was right. I, I like Joe Burrow. Yeah, okay. I, I, I was playing a game where we got to pick our, our what quarterback you want, what's your, your top receiver at X, your top receiver at Z, tight end. And it was funny because I ended it with Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, uh, Jamar Chase, so all three LSU guys, and then Travis Kelsey at tight end. So LSU has been pumping them out. I mean, oh. That program has gotten really, really good. Okay, but why Burrow over Patrick Mahomes? Uh, it's obviously a, a, a fist fight when you bring that one up. Um, but I just, he's younger. I, I'll take the younger quarterback. If I'm, if I'm going to build a program around a guy, hmm. he's got a little less wear and tear. He's a little bit younger and he's a lot cheaper right now. Cause he's still on his rookie deal as opposed to Patrick Mahomes. Who's the second or third highest paid highest paid player in the league. What do you think is going to happen with Burrow and Justin Herbert as far as their contracts and and if you're their agents, what are you basing it off of? Like, where do you start that contract negotiation? Just a, whoever signs the next deal. Um, you know, it's it's 
it's a moving target every year the next guy that gets paid is the highest paid guy so it just seems like where we're at right now joe burrow's the next guy to get paid they've been talking about a contract extension for months now um so it seems like he's about to set the bar a little bit higher than whoever the last guy is that just okay but jalen hurts got paid is joe burrow does he start there with his negotiations of jalen hurts or does he say i want kyler murray money or does somebody get squirrely and say i want deshaun watson money no, he just needs he needs more money than Jalen Hurts just got. Okay. He did the same thing Jalen Hurts did, except for he's done it for one more year. You know, Jalen Hurts just went to the Super Bowl and lost. Joe Burrow the prior year just went to the Super Bowl and lost. So the way that these contracts work is the next guy that gets paid gets paid a little bit more. So he should just be a couple hundred thousand dollars more per year than Jalen Hurts got, and probably the same duration, probably another five-year contract. Is Jalen Hurts a great quarterback or in a great situation? That's what the world's about to find out. I mean, <laughs> they, they just paid him. They just paid him a bunch of money. They got to get rid of a couple guys. It might be a pass rusher. It might be a receiver. Uh, it might be a backup left tackle. It's a swing tackle that can play left and right. But as soon as you go from having a rookie quarterback contract to a, a real vet contract, at some point, you got to start cutting, some, trimming some fat on that roster and get that roster and that salary cap down a bit. So that, that, that's what we're about to start seeing in Philly is they got to start giving up some of these great players they've had on the offense and defensive side of the ball. Would you rather have a great tackle or a great wide receiver? A great tackle. No doubt. I mean, at the end of the day, when you're a quarterback, you got to be able to step into throws and you got to be able to step into throws to deliver the ball accurately down the field. And it really doesn't matter. I mean, you, you can have a top two or three receiver in the game. Um, you can have kind of a bottom two or three receiver in the game if you have a great offensive line and they can block for four and a half seconds. Because at the end of the day, if you can block for four and a half seconds, you don't need to pay your receivers 20 million bucks a year. Those guys can get open, but you can't get the ball to them if you can't step into throws. So at the end of the day, I'd rather have the offensive line over the super talented receiver. Former number one overall pick Carson Palmer joining us on the program. Your thoughts? The uh, Jets finally get Aaron Rodgers. Let's start there. What would your expectation level be as a Jets fan? Well, you still got to get past Buffalo, and you still got to get past Miami. I mean, I, I just don't think it was a situation where Aaron was going to a superstar team. I mean, at the end of the day, when you look at those two rosters and you take when you when you compare side by side the Green Bay Packers roster and the New York Jets roster, and you take Aaron Rodgers out of the equation and you just say, what's the next best player? The next best player is Aaron Jones, the running back for the Green Bay Packers. And so when you start really going through this, this roster one by one, there might be a, a better receiver here or there in New York, but I think the offensive line's better in Green Bay. I think Aaron Jones is a massive impact game-breaking player in Green Bay. The defense is a little better in, in New York, maybe, but Quinton Williams is now looking for a new contract, possibly. So maybe he gets traded, the, the big D tackle from Alabama. It's a high pick. Um, you know, so you lose Quinton Williams if, if he gets traded or, or maybe, you know, he's talking about maybe a little bit of a holdout. You got that. You know, you got to deal with that. So Wait, so you I think just, the Packers roster is as talented as the Jets and maybe more talented? Uh, I, I just don't, I think it's a, a lateral move. I don't think it's drastically okay. that much better where I'm sitting there going, Aaron, you know, if I'm Aaron, I got to get to, I got to get to New York. The, the roster is so good. 
I think the rosters are really similar. I, I just don't think there's a drastic enough difference that he's going from, you know, a B roster in Green Bay to an A-plus roster in New York. I just don't see that, that great of a talent increase in New York. I think it's a lateral move. And you got to go play in that division. You're leaving the NFC North where you really only have to worry about Minnesota and they're kind of hot and cold and hit and miss. Now you're going to the, that AFC. You got, you got Josh Allen and Buffalo. You got Miami who can, Miami can beat anybody on any given day. That's a really talented roster. So I just think that the division got a little bit tougher overall, the conference you're now in the AFC. It's chocked full of great quarterbacks. You know, I just I, I think it was kind of a lateral move to go to a much, much bigger market. I wondered about this. I've wondered about this for a while. If you were the Jets, does it make more sense to give up two first round picks to get Lamar Jackson, who's younger, and I'm gonna have to pay him a lot of money just like I am Aaron Rodgers? What so would that make more sense for the Jets to go after Lamar Jackson than a thirty nine year old Aaron Rodgers? Yes, if Lamar Jackson didn't have a big asterisk around his name when it comes to injuries. At the end of the day, one of the greatest abilities is durability at the quarterback position and availability. If you're available to be on the field for your team, the the odds go up that you win. Lamar's, that's a big question mark around his name right now is, is the last two seasons. He had the knee this last year and couldn't quite get it going again. Uh, he had injuries the year before, so no doubt he's younger, he's explosive, he's got all the talent in the world, but there's just enough worry about these injuries that Aaron might be the right play for the Jets at this moment. How many quarterbacks, not will go in the first round, how many quarterbacks should go in the first round, like a first round grade? I think I think Bryce goes number one. And there's questions around him. He is not a very big human being. At the end of the day, he's he's all of 5'10 and I think, you know, just over 200 pounds, 5'11, 200 pounds. I mean, that that is not a big specimen. But he's got to go number one, and I really think he will. Outside of that, there's, a, again, a bunch of question marks. Will Levis, there's a bunch of question marks. Richardson, um, you know, CJ. There, there's guys that they're going to get – somebody's going to get overdrafted. Somebody's going to draft probably CJ at number two or three and probably Will Levis in the top five and then Richardson in the top ten. I think when we look back on this draft, there were a couple quarterbacks that were worthy of taking a chance on, but not in, in the top five picks. I, I think if if you got a chance to draft Richardson at like 18 or 22, you'd feel really good about it because there is so much upside. But before that upside is reached, there is so much development that needs to happen in his game. So I just think, you know, as as quarterbacks always do, they're going to get overdrafted. Bryce is probably going to go number one. And there's a couple other guys that will be in the top five that when they look back, they would have felt a lot better drafting those guys at 15 or 19 or 23 and so on. What was your uh, rookie contract? My rookie contract was, man, back in the day, it was, I think it was like seven years long. Um, it was a seven year, maybe $50 million deal. I don't remember. Did it change you at all? Yeah, drastically, instantly. I went from, I went from um, living in a, a crappy uh, dorm uh, just outside of USC, off the USC campus, 
with way too many roommates and too few of bedrooms and a couple hundred bucks of my name to a lot more than that. But did it change your person? You know, we talked to Ryan Leaf yesterday and he said, it, you know, I didn't handle the money well and, and it changed me. And then I, I thought I was better than people. I, I never have felt like that. Um, it, it, it changed what I was able to do instantly, but I just, I always kind of had that chip on my shoulder. Like, you know, I've got to earn it. I've got to show them that they made the right decision. And I always kind of had that driving me and, and that force behind me, wanting me to continue to work, wanting me. And, and then also, you know, you get that question right away. You don't want to be the guy that got changed. You don't want to be the guy that had the response that Ryan Leaf had. So I always also had that in the back of my mind. Where I think, you know, I, you know, from a mental standpoint, from what I was trying to do as, as a player and as a teammate, I think I was just driven to, to continue to work, prove to people that it didn't change me and, and, and didn't uh, change the outcome of, of the person that I was, but just continue to work and get better at the game and, and be a better teammate. What car did you buy? Uh, well, my baby, I had a, I had a 87 Cadillac Fleetwood that I got in college for $4,200. And I was taking that with me, um, to Cincinnati. And then I got hit by a drunk driver on the 110, and he totaled my, my Fleetwood, my baby. And then I moved to Cincinnati and I started uh, a relationship with Jeff Weiler Chevrolet and they hooked me up with a Chevy Avalanche for free. I got to drive a Chevy. You remember the old school yeah. Chevy Avalanche? Uh a big truck. Big truck, no longer in production. They they didn't make it. Uh I think I was the only person that actually liked that truck. And that's why Chevy <laughs> discontinued it years later. Did you ever try to replace the Cadillac with another Cadillac? No. No. I uh I mean that was my baby. It was a rolling sofa bed. It was champagne brown. <laughs> and it, it had a max speed of like 52 miles an hour, which doesn't work great in LA, which is probably why I got hit in downtown LA by a drunk driver. Cause I was going too, too slow on the freeway. Did you get hurt at all in that accident? No, I, uh, we were actually getting ready to play Kansas state. I think like the next day or, or the following day. But I remember I was stuck on the 110. The, uh, a car was coming horizontally across the highway and that was the drunk driver that hit me i smashed into him a couple other cars smashed behind me and i was getting ready to play kansas state in like two you know maybe two or three days and there's cars whizzing by me nobody stops in la there's a middle you know a, a car crash in the middle of the road and cars are swerving around us going 70 it just just no you know no hope and stuck in the middle of the freeway we found a way to get out of the car and got to the side um and i'm still here to speak about it dan Good to talk to you as always, and uh, have fun with the draft. Thanks, Dan. You too. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to to start listening. Steve Kime, you can check out Draft Night Live, Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio app, coming up Thursday at 8 Eastern through the first round of the draft. You'll have uh, Steve there with Jay Glazer and LeVar Arrington. Rob Stone will be your host. Pick by pick predictions, reactions to every first round pick. Steve, let me start with, uh, first of all, thanks for joining us. What you think Arizona will do with the number three pick? What would you do if you were still the GM of the Cardinals? <laughs> well, uh, I think it's certainly the situation that we're in right now, Dan. I, I think that there's a good chance that they would trade back. Uh, that being said, uh, it's easier said than done because of the situation. When you're sitting there at number three, you have to have a trade partner. Obviously, the the, the trade has to work for both parties. Um, and there has to be a player that the other team wants to come up for. So uh, generally, that's a quarterback at that point in time. But uh, if they get locked in, I think that they should probably go pass rusher. And Will Anderson, to me, is the pick there. Okay, but when you're trying to explore a trade like that, are you thinking about the other team? They, the other, are you, have you ever gone into a trade trying to fleece somebody? I mean, I, obviously you, uh, you want to come out on top, but at the same time, the other team to make that trade has to have a lot of urgency to them, uh, especially to come up to that position and to give up that much uh, draft capital. So it, to me, it's not as hard. Yeah, I wonder about that with GMs. We we heard both GMs yesterday with Green Bay and also the Jets. You know, they were complimentary of each other that they got a deal done. Your reaction, let's let's start with what the Jets gave up to get Aaron Rodgers. What did you make of that uh, side of this trade? 
I thought when you sit there and you're in a position that the Jets are in and Joe Douglas is looking at a football team that's extremely talented but doesn't have a quarterback of, of that magnitude, I think that you got to get what you got to give up is, is well worth it. Again, I always think this, Dan, when you wake up in the morning and you have a quarterback that you think can take you to the promised land, um, take do what it takes to get them. And there's probably only eight or nine guys in the NFL that you wake up feeling that way about. And if you're the Green Bay Packers, obviously you get a lot of draft capital, but at the same time, you're sitting there saying, who is our franchise quarterback moving forward? And if it is uh, the young man that's currently there, why didn't you make that change prior to uh, this point in time? You know, you drafted him in the first round. So there has to be some questions of whether they have the amount of confidence in him. Yeah, I would have moved on from Rodgers prior to last season, even though he's played great. I, I have to find out if Jordan Love can play and, and where is this franchise headed? And it felt like Rodgers was controlling the franchise instead of the other way around. And it, it felt like he had too much power in there. But right. you don't want to be known as the GM who traded away Aaron Rodgers unless you really know what you're going to have. And the, what would your expectations be for Green Bay this year? Well, you know, again, I, I think it comes down to what is their confidence in, in the quarterback that they have in love. You know, it's again, they know enough about him. He's been there long enough. Uh, obviously, Matt LaFleur knows how to use him and has a good way of understanding his strengths and his weaknesses. But again, at the same time, they're in a situation with a salary cap and moving on from a player that, you know, they can clear that much space with that they have to be thinking a little bit that they're going to the youth movement, which for them, to me, has to be a situation where they can't be as confident about making the playoffs. But the Jets don't make this move unless they think they can win a Super Bowl. That, right, you have to. Right, but again, but again, it's like the movie Tin Cup. When you're in a situation where you're Joe Douglas and Robert Sala, you can't lay up anymore, Dan. You're in a position where you got to make something happen, particularly in a market like New York. What was your scouting report on Rodgers? I mean, he had all the talent in the world. I mean, off the charts in terms of his his accuracy, his velocity, all the things you saw him in an NFL player. But what did you try were... to make him do? What what what, what would be his weakness? His weakness would be sometimes getting careless with the ball. Uh, a guy that has so much confidence in their arm talent that they can let it get away from him at times and play a little loose. But at the same time, I know at that time there were a lot of questions about why Alex Smith went number one and he fell so far. Do you remember your scouting report on Jordan Love or did you even have one? Yeah, I mean, I, again, I thought he was a guy that you could project and you could, you could forecast that there was some talent there. But, in uh, you know, to me, looking at the, all the other top quarterbacks that I've done over the years, he wasn't a guy that I thought was a guaranteed lock as an NFL starter. So you didn't have a first-round grade on Jordan Love? No, we didn't. Um, take me back to the Kyler Murray. Do, do you remember when you saw him with me in my interview I did with him at the Super Bowl in Atlanta? And did yeah. that... Did that impact you? Like, what was the conversation like when you saw him not answering right. any questions and really uh, kind of an embarrassing moment? Yeah, I mean, I know he was overwhelmed at that point in time. And uh, that was important for us after seeing that to get to sit down and know him as a person and to be able to feel like he could become himself and, you know, really wonder why he got so uptight in that situation. And again, I think that throughout the process, we got to know him fairly well. Um, it was an interesting uh, conversation when it came down to whether we were going to take him or Nick Bosa, which has turned out to be a phenomenal player. And that's the fun process of the scouting game is the evaluation part of it. And not just who's a better player. What's a better fit for your organization at that point in time? If I gave you a do-over. Well, Kyler Murray got me an extension. Nick Bosa probably would have got me fired. <laughs> really? 
Well, I mean, your quarterback position is the guy who can propel your team the quickest. Yeah, but and he and he did that. Okay. Could Nick Bosa have got us to an eleven win team that year two years ago? Yeah, I mean that's fair. That's fair. Um, would you have given him that extension if I gave you a do over? Uh, yes. You would. And, and, yeah, and it's because I still believe in the young man, and because supply and demand at that position, either you have one or you don't. And whether they all have questions and holes, you have to be able to. You're either in or you're out. You can't play the middles on these situations. Well, I, I, and I was critical of you guys because I thought you went in a year early. Like he he called your bluff, and then you guys gave him a pretty damn good contract. Right. Uh, and I I'm just not sold on him. I think he's exciting. I think football came easy to him because he's athletic. Right. But look, you guys put something in his contract just to. We need you to understand. There are a lot of great. Everybody's great in the NFL. Um, right. And. Who came up with the idea to put a clause in there basically saying, we need you to do your homework? Well, I'll just say it's an organizational decision. And the real <laughs> big thing about it is, is when you give that kind of money, Dan, you got to hold people accountable. And I know it's a touch. But you shouldn't have to put it in their contract, though, Steve. Right, right. Well, there's a lot of things in contracts that maybe you shouldn't have to put in there. You know, if you really look at the big picture, but you got to hold everybody accountable and both sides are protected. You think he's still a franchise quarterback? I do. I think he's got – because, again – you have to look at supply and demand. And I keep going back to that. I, my first year as GM, I traded for Carson Palmer and obviously it worked out extremely well for a seventh round draft pick. And then after that, you know, when you don't have Carson Palmer anymore, it's easier said than done. Then let's go get one. You know, Joe Douglas, until he's gotten Aaron Rodgers now, what were they doing? <laughs> you know, it's, it's eight quarterbacks. And then really, you know, it's, it's a, it's a game of musical chairs. There aren't enough good quarterbacks out there. That's the bottom line. Who would and you, you have to swing? Okay. How many quarterbacks have a first round grade? Not that we'll go in the first round. How many? How many this draft? In my opinion, in this draft, yeah. uh, three, three. First round grades on three. Okay, correct. But there's going to be more than three go, and yeah. that's going to be because of supply and demand. Yeah, there'll be five that'll probably go. Right. I mean, right. Hendon Hooker's 25, coming off an ACL, and he right. could go, you know, right. to Minnesota late in the first round. And you got to understand when we did the Kyler Murray contract, we took him number one overall. He fit what Cliff Kingsbury did schematically, and at the end of the day, he was a rookie of the year and back-to-back Pro Bowl play, back-to-back uh, -back All Pro. I know that's not everything, but it's pointing in the right direction to give you the faith that he's going to get there. What did you see in Josh Rosen? Josh Rosen was a guy that, again, in that draft class all those guys that went before him uh were highly graded and we got to the point where we were sitting at 15 and we he was the, the highest rated player at that position on the board so again if you don't take one you'll never know and sometimes you just have to swing and we all know whether it's a quarterback or not first round picks analytics say the last 10 years of 49 percent of those guys don't work out that's that's a huge number yeah. that regardless of position whether it's you know and considering the best position uh on the field that's most important Forty-nine percent. Give me your red flag on the field, though, at that position. Or that player in particular? No, just oh. 
just that ability has to be nowadays ability to process and see things to be able to anticipate you know a lot of these guys the more that we see are guys that are athletic players that can get out of trouble with their feet uh comparable to the past well they still have to be able to process see things and be able to anticipate and that's harder to find and it's harder to see as an evaluator than it is to see the physical tools yeah i was wondering that that you know you have tests now this this new test that's not the wonderlick but it is testing in real time how you react uh to seeing something and but there are a lot of people love josh rosen because he had some you know some swagger and uh had uh, that unbelievable comeback at ucla it why didn't he why didn't he work i I felt bad for him because the offensive line did not do him any favors but what what did he miss yeah you know that's that's a great question and uh you know really looking back at it sometimes uh, you know, he had all the tools. He's a smart guy, very uh, intellectual. But sometimes it's it's the commitment off the field, whether it's the time, you know, with his uh, teammates on the practice field, you know, whether it's he's a, the fact is, is he a football junker? He does, it, does he do it because he likes it or because he loves it? And to me, that's the thing that separates the great ones, yeah. you know, is the, is the fact that they're either obsessed and they live for it or do they do it because it's, it's something they're pretty good at. Well, that's why I wonder about Tom Brady. It, you know, was – Tom Brady destined to be a great quarterback or did he become a great quarterback because he, he was consumed with the game? Uh, you know, Peyton was going to be a high draft pick, first round pick, one overall, had lineage there, but he also consumed the game. Yeah. It meant yeah. everything to him. Trying to, trying to measure that, Steve, how difficult is that to find out just how much this guy loves playing football? Right. And I think you, you nailed it on the head, Dan. I mean, if, if you're if you're the first pick in the draft, you were destined probably to be it in the long as long as you have the obsession and the and the will will want to. But if you're a six round pick, you just nailed it with Tom Brady. I mean, I think he willed himself to become a great player and one of the best of all time. It wasn't like he was drafted because of his physical skills. No. No, that's I mean, it's it's weird that you can kind of make yourself into being a great player player at that position it's how much time are you going to put in uh B. John robinson i love him i don't know in today's nfl like how much can you love him at that position yeah. well again you know just to just to date back to the analytics and our our analytics team in Arizona told us that the best backs uh, that had the most success in the NFL were drafted between rounds three and five. So as a NFL GM, you want to be very weary, I think, of taking a guy that high. Yet at the same time, there have been some special backs like Adrian Peterson that warranted that high of a pick. It's just, do you, can you get your arms wrapped around putting a player that it, that plays that position and takes that kind of abuse. And generally, those guys don't last beyond one or two contracts. Yeah, but you know what? That's a different era with Adrian Peterson. I mean, we're seeing Derrick Henry is sort of the last, uh, you know, he's a dinosaur here. Everybody else, that's why I like B. John Robinson. And a scout told me if, if you can make him into a Debo Samuel type, where put him in the slot, uh, McCaffrey type, like that's, that's yes. where we're going. We're not loading up yeah. running backs and you're going to run 25, 30 times a game. Right. And that's the one thing as an evaluator, you have to assess and individually say, is that what makes that guy special? When you do watch Bijan Robinson, he does look like a natural slot receiver when he does that. And he does have all those other compensating factors to his game. Yeah, I, he's a fascinating talent. How real is the movie Draft Day? It's actually probably one of the most accurate movies I've seen that, you know, in regards to NFL football, football and general sports. It's actually it's well done. What makes it so accurate? 
I just think the storyline and the way the conversations go behind the scenes. I mean, other than the fact that Kevin Costner is a lot more handsome than I am. It, uh, <laughs> but, but, it, but, you know, you're asking about this quarterback of why nobody went to his party. Like, would you actually try to find those things out? I mean, that is a huge red flag. Yes, it, it, it really is. And there are things that do come up like that that are real head shakers. And it's why the draft process is so fun, because <laughs> here we are so late in this process, Dan, that we've done all this homework. Yep. And it's really the season to overthink. You know, it's like you fall in love with a guy in the fall and then you confuse yourself in the spring. (laughs) And you see these GMs and owners, like how difficult is that when you do your job, like Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones, the owner, Jerry Jones, the GM, two different people. And you almost have to say, Jerry, let me take care because he wanted to take Johnny Manziel. (laughs) The GM wanted to, you know, Jerry, the GM wanted to take Johnny Manziel. And you're like, so how difficult is that, that you do all this work and then you're going to have somebody above you that goes, I want that guy? Well, that can happen. I think, you know, in most situations when you're the general manager, you, you should have a good enough relationship with your owner where you sort of set those conversations. Uh, they start much earlier. And generally the ownership ownership is, is on board with those sort of decisions and, and they're made together. But at the same time, and again, that's what's fun about this thing. It's because you, you never know how it's going to go. Again, we haven't played football since January in, at the college level. Why are guys' stocks rising and, and plummeting? Because well, they ran a slow three cone? No, you know what it is? Mock drafts. Mock drafts build these kids up to a certain level, and then once the professionals come in and start getting to see them, breaking stuff down, then they start to drop. So is C.J. Stroud dropping, or is he going to end up where he should? The media put him up that high. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, again, it goes back to what's the evaluation on them. And at this time of year, they sort of stay strong inside the war room. It's the outside part of it that he's dropped. Now, again, the problem for GMs is is you got to make sure that you stay out of the fray there. you got to keep tunnel vision. You can't listen to all that (laughs) because you will overthink it if you don't. Have fun on Thursday. Yeah. It's like you said, I'm sitting there getting ready to make a decision. I love this quarterback. Why in the hell did nobody go to his party? (laughs) did you ever have a red flag like that with a player without the name where you found out something like that yeah i mean and and it was a red flag like this i had a very close friend on that staff and i was going to take this player with a very very high pick and i'll never forget the night before the draft i called him just to make myself feel better one more time and i said coach is there any reason if you were me why you wouldn't do this and he said uh and I right then, Dan said, oh, boy, <laughs> I didn't need him to do that. I wanted conviction to him say, hell no, take him. Is he signaling to you without telling you? Yes. Because he doesn't want to be, you know, you don't want any paper trail where he's ratting out a player. So it's, Correct. yeah, okay. So. And in this day and age, don't ignore red flags. Can we guess the name of the player? No. Okay. <laughs> uh <laughs> Have fun on Thursday. If you and Glazer get into a wrestling match, who's winning? Glaze. Yeah, I bet. I've been on vacation, man. I'm way too out of shape. Yeah, yeah. Glazer, he's still he's ready to go he's in the starting. octagon. Yeah, he, he you know he, he breaks <laughs> stories and breaks necks. Uh, have fun on Thursday night, Steve. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Dan. Enjoyed it, man. Steve Kime, former Arizona GM, draft night live on Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio, Thursday night, star studded. It'll be Jay Glazer. It'll be Steve Kime. It'll be the College Football Hall of Famer, LeVar Arrington. 
And the popular Rob Stone will be your host. Pick by pick and predictions as well. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.